Thank you to our readers for reading God's word for us with such clarity this morning. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts that in the written word and through the spoken word, we may all encounter the living word, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. It is natural when you receive something new, it comes in a box. You are eager to rip the box open, to get in there, to see what's in there, to see how it works, how it looks, to get to know it a bit more. Perhaps some of us are like this this morning. We have got a new minister. He's out of the box. <laughs> He's preaching his first sermon today. It's time to get to see what he looks like, how it sounds, but most importantly, to hear what he has got to say. Well, I can tell you now, I am delighted to be here. I am filled with unspeakable joy to be here, but also, I am shaking. It's a bit nervous, it's a bit scary preaching the Word of God to you all through the barrel of this camera for the first time in this forum, but I'm not alone. You may have heard of the story of a young boy called Jack. Jack was preparing for his first service as an altar boy. At home, his parents prepared him well. They told him, Jack, whenever you speak to the bishop, make sure you use the words, my Lord, and then you speak. For days and weeks at home, he practiced and practiced. He mastered his lines. He was well-grounded. And on the day, in the vestry, as they were preparing for the service, the bishop came out and the bishop said to Jack, Jack, you look so good in your robe. How old are you now? Guess what? In a state of panic, Jack forgot his lines. And he responded to the bishop, my God, I am seven years old. You could hear a pin drop in the vestry. It went quiet. And to that, the bishop responded, thus even better, Jack. But next time, it is my Lord and not my God. So as scary as it is this morning, it is a joy, it is a privilege to share God's Word with you here on this Promotion Sunday, the day when we recognize and we celebrate those who've progressed in their education, those who've progressed in their faith, but also those who've progressed naturally in life. Uh, congratulations to you all, and I wish you all the very best in your journeys ahead. Let me use today's passage set for us in our lectionary to reflect on the topic, on a journey with God. Friends, we are all on a journey with God. The question is, where are we on this journey with God? Well, for some of us, we're on the motorway. We're cruising at 70 miles an hour. Everything is fine. Life is good. Faith is good. Like a friend of mine used to say in my previous circuit, we are buzzing. But for some others... They're winding down the country road. It's not that easy. Others have hit a slow-moving traffic. Some have taken a diverted course with potholes, and it's slowing them down a little bit. But for some others, they have come to a dead end, a dead end with nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. This brings me to our Old Testament passage this morning, which is the passage about the people of Israel who were wandering in the desert after their escape from slavery in Egypt. They came to the banks of the Red Sea. With no way to cross the Red Sea, they hit a dead end. In front of them was the mighty Red Sea, but behind them 
was also a mighty army chasing them. They were stuck. They had nowhere to go. Where are we in our faith journey with the Lord? Whatever we are in our faith journey with the Lord, today's passage reassures us of at least two things that I picked up from it. The first one is that whatever we are in our faith journey with God, God reassures us of his abiding presence with us. In verse 19 of Exodus chapter 14, it reads, The angel of the Lord who has been traveling with the people of Israel withdrew from the front and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from the front and also stood behind them. Friends, it is evident from that text that God travels with us. God journeys with us in this life. In times of difficulties, pain, hurts, and strain, you will be pleased to know that you are not alone. We are never alone because God promises us his abiding presence to be with us. Here we saw in that passage, the angel moved to the back. The pillar of cloud moved to the back, protecting the people in their blind spots, protecting the people in the areas where they were more vulnerable. You'll be pleased to know this morning that God has got our backs. God is watching over us. We may not always see him in the direction we are looking. He may be somewhere else protecting us in an area where we are most vulnerable. But he is always, always with us. In our humble home in Freetown, Sierra Leone, where I was born and where I grew up, we had an old dusty plaque on the wall. It reads, God is the head of this house, the unseen guest at every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. That old dusty plaque, I presume, was there even before I was born. But he was a constant reminder to us in our home, in that little humble home that God was with us. It was a reminder to us that he is Emmanuel. God is with us, and that's the best of us all, Christian brothers and sisters. Whatever we are in our faith journey with the Lord, Today's passage just, just does not only reassures us of God's abiding presence. The passage in the Old Testament also reassures us of God's timely intervention in our lives. Those times when you're nearly at the point of giving up. Don't give up because we serve a God who intervenes in our lives. In verse 21 and verse 22 of Exodus 14, it reads, All that night... The Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into a dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their left and a wall of water on their right. That must have been a very busy night shift for God. That must have been a very busy night shift for him. So bless all of you who worked on the night shift. You are not alone. God goes on a night shift when we close our doors in the night, uh, when we go to bed and we turn on our security apparatus. They are not enough. God goes on a night shift watching over us because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So God goes on a night shift to look after us, to watch after us, and to protect us. God made a way, we saw in this passage, for his children, where there seemed to be no way. He will make a way for us today. Let us put our faith, let us trust in him, and come to him boldly in confidence. 
the children of Israel crossed on dry land in the midst of the Red Sea. To grasp the spiritual understanding of the crossing of the Red Sea in his expository outline about the story, Warren Willsby wrote these words, I quote, The crossing of the Red Sea is a type of the believer's union with Christ in death, the old life and resurrection to a whole new life. For some theologians, it is Israel's rite of passage, baptism, if you will, by which they were established as a nation. They left behind the old life of slavery. They left behind the old life of bondage. In Sierra Leone, we used to sing a song that says, the things I used to do, I do them no more. They left behind all that bondage, and in front of them, ahead of them, was a wilderness of freedom, a wilderness of new life, a wilderness of new beginning, new hope, new direction. God stretched the waters open for his children to walk and to travel on dry land. Fast forward to the New Testament. God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he was stretched out wide on the cross of Calvary when he hung on that cross and he cried and he died for our sins. Friends, you see, God demonstrated his love for us that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the price for our sins. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, God chose to hang out with us even at a time when we were not the kind of people he might want to hang out with. Why? He is a forgiving God. A New Testament passage talks about forgiveness. In verse 21 of Matthew chapter 18, it says, The apostle Peter was very keen to put a number, to put his finger on a particular number that he was supposed to forgive. And after that, he would have the right to revenge and to stand up for himself. He said to Jesus, Should this be seven times a day? And Jesus said, Come on, Peter, get over it. It's not seven times. Jesus gave a perfect answer saying, It is 70 times seven, which means Forgiveness is unlimited. Forgiveness is uncountable. Therefore, we must stop counting and keep forgiving. Forgiveness must be the cornerstone of our new life in Christ. Forgiveness must be the cornerstone of our new life in Christ. When forgiveness is part of our lifestyle, we will struggle to find the time to count how many times we forgive. But you see, it is not easy to forgive. I can stand there and bang the drum all day and talk about it. It's not easy, however, to forgive. In his book titled, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote these words, Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. Then they know how tough it is. In that same book, he went on to say, if we are to become a Christian community, we must become individual Christian first. I paraphrase. To become individual Christians, it starts with the words, forgive us this day as we also forgive others. You see, friends, God forgave us in the same way the master in our New Testament parable forgave his servant. May we not make the mistake of the unforgiving servant. Rather, let us forgive others as we ourselves have been forgiven. God forgave us. God intervened in our lives by sending his son Jesus Christ to pay the price for our sins. And that brought us deliverance and salvation. Finally, whatever we are in our faith journey with God, today's passage does not only reassure us of God's abiding presence, of God's timely intervention, it also encourages us to cooperate with God. 
We read in verse 22 of Exodus chapter 14. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their left and a wall of water on their right. Friends, the waters were still there. The dangers were still there. But God invited them to step out in faith. Perhaps God is inviting us to step out with him, saying, come on, my children, it's time to step out, to get moving. But here we are, we are too scared at times. Some of us, we are waiting for the red carpet to be rolled out or for the streets of gold to be constructed. We're waiting for the right atmosphere when all we have got is the dry bed of the Red Sea and he's inviting us to step out. When God makes a way for us, may we step out and start moving. In a weekly newsletter or an article addressed to the Wednesday Fellowship here at the Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, produced by the Reverend Gordon Newton, dated the 3rd of May, 2020, the then acting superintendent, Reverend Tony Miles, of course is now the superintendent, wrote these words, I quote, as I step into a new role of leadership at the Methodist Central Hall here in Westminster. It's my prayer that we become a church community on the move. The context, of course, was the ripple effect of the early church after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with Tony compared to an experience he had on the beach. Friends, as I start my five-year preaching journey with you, may I re-echo the words of the superintendent. That my prayer also is that we become a church community on the move. Following Jesus wherever he leads us. Following Jesus wherever he takes us. He is our shepherd. I conclude with the words, when the Lord is our shepherd, goodness and mercy shall follow us, the psalmist says. But also blessings, but also favor, abundance and provision will follow us when the Lord is our shepherd. If you haven't made the Lord your shepherd... Today is a brilliant opportunity to think about it, to consider it, and open your heart and say, Jesus, come into my life and stay. Come and be my Lord. If you've made that decision, to God be the glory and praise God for your lives. Friends, in this journey, there are certainly going to be some fantastic, some exciting, some wonderful and incredible times. But there are also going to be some dark, rough, and tough days when it might feel as though we ourselves, we have come to a dead end. When it might feel as though we ourselves, we've come into a slow-moving traffic. Life is never the same as we used to know it. And for some people, it's tough, it's difficult. May I encourage you that when we get to that point in our lives, may we be reminded of God's abiding presence. May we be reminded that we serve a God who is able to intervene in our lives. And may we also find the courage to come to him and say, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, as I pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, Lord. I am very weak. I am very, very weak. But hold me. With your strong, your mighty, and your powerful hand, as I journey with you today and always, amen.